she is, uh, in my mind, one of those sheroes uh, that demands uh, respect and acknowledgement. Clearly, uh, she was a lady ahead of her time. She walked through that mob in the war store. And they realized, of course, immediately where she stood. She joins Perlina and Annie at the counter, the first white to join the demonstration. And at this, the crowd is just incensed. They become like hornets. They start screaming at her. She wasn't the outside agitator. She was a white southerner. She was a white southern woman. And so for that purpose, she was even more dangerous to the white supremacist power structure. Here's this white southern woman who's supposed to be protected by the system saying, I don't need this protection and I don't believe in the system. And so that made her incredibly dangerous. And that cell was 50 feet from the death chamber. That's where we were. As far as the state of Mississippi was concerned, we had committed capital crimes. We had no doubt we were going to die. Mississippi was known as the deepest of the deep south, the heart of darkness. Somebody was going to die that summer. And it looked like it was us. opportunity write that down take a look at this and I think you're really gonna enjoy this woman's life here's what she wrote segregation was unfair it was wrong morally religiously as a southerner a white southerner felt that we should do what we could to make the South better and to rid ourselves of this evil and uh, truly those things resonated in her truly I say to you whatever you do the least of these you do unto me these scriptures that you learned in Sunday school all of a sudden started resonating her and she had to do something and she was part of an I don't know if anybody understands what was going on at that time back in the early 60s but it was pretty messy down south I mean there was constitutional law already passed that there should not be any segregation to blacks and whites and yet there's still cities all along in the south that were still doing it and enforcing it the KKK were, were in, in places where they would just run the city government. It was just, it was evil. And so she took the initiative as a young white southerner to go into this. And she would do these sit-ins. And anybody, you have to read, uh, see the documentary. These sit-ins, she would actually go in places where they would serve people at restaurants or bars. And they would come up and they would serve something to eat. And they would always make the blacks sit in the back. Or they weren't even invited in. So they took the sit-ins and said, well, constitutional law says we can. They go inside, and they would sit down at these places and literally be tormented and sometimes beaten. The police would be called. The police would not go in. They wouldn't do anything. And so it was very frustrating, but they stayed with it. This young girl was only 19 when she started into this, and it's an amazing story. Joan was given an opportunity to join the front lines of the movement at age 19, and is a student at Duke University, Durham, North Carolina, home of Duke University, was about to become the second city in the nation to have sit-ins, openly protesting the color barrier. And so she sat in these sit-ins, being a part of that, and working through the situation. Eventually, she was even jailed, put in prison because of these, and she would do what they called freedom rides, which means they would get in the bus, and they would go on certain... Now, on the bus, they said, well, the blacks can sit in the back. 
not anywhere else. And so they would make sure that there was, there was in that, that particular Freedom Rides, they'd have people all through the bus, even the black up front. And so they were setting a precedent that what the constitutional law already said was in existence. So it was an amazing story. And you might ask, what was this one time she was put in prison? She was put in prison for two months. She actually stayed in another month to pay off her bail so that she can continue to do what she's doing and not have to go home. So to me, it was an amazing story. Wonderful. Now, why do I bring that up? I'll do it this way. During the time of Jeremiah, the prophet was called to God's people. And I don't know about you, but this particular uh, prophet was going through a very difficult time. He was called by God. He knew it. In his heart, he had a message, but he was given a message to people that weren't ready. He was faced with divided of divided nation. There was captivity and slavery. There was corrupt leaders, and they were falling away from God's word. Now, I don't know about you. That sounds pretty similar to what this woman went through. So I'm going to find out today through Jeremiah. I'm going to help us f- figure out what, what we need to do in our time. And uh, what we're faced today, and this is a lot, a lot what we see today is what we've seen in back in 1960, even back during Jeremiah's time. In the Amplified Version, it says this, blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. Now, that may not make sense to you right away, but let me continue here. Jeremiah 17, 8 says, for this man will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. And what's that tell you as men and women of God? That we have, God wants to plant you near a stream. He wants to plant you near a stream that when drought comes, when the heat comes, you're not going to be fearful or you're not going to be anxious. Do we trust God? See, today I think we're finding ourselves in areas that we're all anxious and we're fearful. We hear about stories here or there, and we don't even know where God exists. Some of us are walking away from the, from the word of God that we know. And I'm telling you today, what we need to do is trust God and where he plants us. And when he plants us, he's going to plant us near a stream. And if our roots are growing down deep into the earth, we're going to pull from that stream. When those droughts come and that heat comes, we're going to pull that moisture right from the ground and know that our, green, our, our leaves will remain green. Let's go on here. Jeremiah, it says here, the heart is more deceitful than all else, and it's desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Let me just ask you guys a question. Do you trust him in your testing? Who's being tested today? Now, what's that mean? What's a test look like to you in your life? You might find yourself in a place where you're trying to break through. You may be looking for something in your family. You may be having difficulty with each other. It might be relational with your children your, or your wife or, or husband. You may be facing something at work. You may be, if you are not facing something and being tested, I have to ask you a question. Are you been planted? Has God planted you someplace, knowing that he plants you near a stream, that you're going to pull up whatever you need to become moist and green, that you're going to withstand the heat, and you're going to withstand the drought? I've got to believe here today that God tests us. He tests why? Because he wants to see faithful people. 
See, you can't live your life as a Christian and not be tested. If you're not tested, and some of us, here's what happens. We're so caught up in the consequence, or we're so caught up in what's going on, that we don't realize God's at move in it. See, I believe God leads through his testing. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that you're tested so he can guide you and lead you? And I don't know about you, but it's not always comfortable to be tested by God. And But I know that God tests us today to lead us. And so when we look at our lives today, if we're not faced with anything, if we're not faced with any kind of testing, then are we due to prove our faith? I'm going to ask you this. Is fear and anxiousness, are they part of your life today? Are you anxious over something or are you fearful over something? Have you allowed God to plant you? Are you trusting where he plants you? Who would like a job change today? Who would like a different situation where you feel less of pressure? Maybe some of us, there might be some of us not planted in the right spot. I understand that. God may have a different plan for you, and you may be just holding on to something longer than he expected. But I know this also, that when God plants us someplace, there is a stream of water close. Or we're not trusting him. See, we can say things like we trust God in all of our ways. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Do you really trust him enough to know when testing comes, he has planted you by a stream? That with drought, and when heat comes, that you can pull from that stream, the living water, and that you can bear fruit. It says that you will not stop bearing fruit. And what's that mean? Fruit of the Spirit, love, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. All these fruits that God says you can bear comes from what? Him. If you abide in him, pull that from that stream. Pull what you need from that stream. Then you're not planted in the right place. You haven't trusted God to plant you. Has he planted you? Are you in the right place right now? Are you in the right place right now? And if you are, there is a stream of water close to you. God has not abandoned you. He don't put you someplace that you will suffer, that you will not rely on him, that you will not see the hand of God move. That tells me in that scripture what? That he plants us because we trust him. Right? If you trust him, he'll plant you someplace right where you need to be. And you have to know this, that God will pull. He will pull all the nutrients from that stream into what you need. Has he planted you someplace today? Jeremiah, the same prophet. See, this was what's amazing about Jeremiah. He faced in all of these things. There's not one person that would listen to him. You've got all church leaders over here saying, oh, well, we've got this to do. And God says, that's not what I told you to do. Completely, all the time. No one wants to listen to the word of God. And this is what he reads. This is what he writes. Jeremiah 29. Now, we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. But before we get to that, listen to this. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away, captive. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will find... Okay, let's do this again. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. This is the Babylonian army. They were not nice people. Israel was already captured, and now Judah was being captured. Jeremiah was around at that time. And when they took him away, it wasn't like they were treated like kings and queens. But Jesus, Jesus through the word of God, speaks to Jeremiah, and this is what he says. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. 
And this is what I love. And pray to the Lord for it. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will find. Okay. Some of us are planted in places that are difficult. Who can say right now you're facing difficult things? Family, maybe work, whatever it is. Has God planted you with a stream nearby? Has he planted you with water nearby? That so when drought and when, when those terrible times come, you might call it even a desert time. God has not let you by. He has planted you near a stream knowing that you will pull that moisture up. Your leaves will remain green. And what, what, what other promises he told you? That you'll bear fruit? Patience, meekness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all come from him. You can't fabricate that, can you? Can you fabricate patience? Have you ever tried that before? Some of us says, well, don't pray for patience. You can't, you can't pray for patience. Patience isn't given like that. He gives you opportunity to be patient. So you don't give patience. You don't get love like that. He loves us, but you have to show love. And so we have to, to bear fruit takes Jesus, <laughs> doesn't it? You can't do it on your own. I tried it before. If you remember the days before Jesus where you tried to be kind and loving and all that, marriages before Jesus. Has anybody been married before Jesus came into your life and you had that difficulty with strain? And it's like, man, I, you know, Jesus is all in all. You can't bear fruit without him. And so he says, listen to me. Trust me. A man of trust will do this. Trust me, when I plant you someplace, there's a stream nearby. You're not going to be exempt from what? The drought, right? And the hot heat of the sun. You're not exempt from it, just like everyone else. But guess what? I have planted you near the living water. You're going to pull it up when you need it, and you're going to bear the green leaves, and you're going to bear the fruit. That's a man of trust. That's a man of trust. I love it. Let's go on to Jeremiah 29, 11. See, that word peace is brought up again. So if we go back to the original place where peace is mentioned in verse 7, now the same word is used in verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of... And not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Well, gee, let me go back. Let me go back one more. The verse that I want you guys to focus on, that piece is not fabricated. You cannot make that. So if we go back to the original, it says, Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away. And pray to the Lord, for in its peace you will find it. The same peace. Now, if we go to the other scripture, of course, we see... We take it right out of context. Jeremiah 29, 11. So we think by this piece, it's something different. So what does that mean? Chaos at work, chaos at home. I have to believe when God plants us someplace, there's a reason for it. And then when he plants us, we have somehow, we have a way to pull us water into what we need. And we can bear the fruits that we need. And that by doing that, there is a peace that is there. God 
grant us peace. Give us peace. What are you saying? Did not Jesus say, peace I leave you, peace I give you? That means there is an availability right now to you and I. There is a peace available to us. It's here. It's given to us. Or did Jesus lie? Peace I give you, peace I leave you. And so when we ask him, what do we look at Jeremiah 20 and line 11 and say this? For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Well, I'm just going to rely God's going to give me peace. He's going to make, he's going to move me to a new place. Well, I don't like this place where I'm at right now. So Lord, just move me to someplace else. I'll find peace there because I can't find peace here. If God's plants you here, you made him a liar. His word's not true. Right? Isn't where he plants you, I think we have to be under, we have to understand this. We, we will face drought. And we will face heat. We'll face difficult times, I'm sure. But I've got to trust where he plants me that there is a stream nearby. Or he's a liar. If I'm a man of trust. And so when I'm planted someplace, no matter what I see, no matter whether it's going my way, well, Lord, just move me over here so I can find some peace. Where's the stream? And I don't know why. Why do you use a tree? <laughs> what, what, what's the analogy of a tree? When a tree grows, it what? Roots. And some of the reasons why roots go deep is what? Is the wind. It's, it's, it's the, the storm against the tree that makes the roots go deep. And it knows the stream is close. The stream has never dried up. The drought never dried up the stream. The heat never dried up the stream. The stream's always there. We just need to have to pull from it. Lord, I trust you and where you plant me. I know, Father, that I'm faced with all of this. There's a drought over here. There's, there's heat over here. And I, this is unbearable. My, my leaves are going to start to wither. No, they're not. Do you trust him today? What, what is, who thinks they're not planted in the right place right now? And be honest here, you may, you may not be, but I don't know, but I want to know where God wants to plant me, don't you? Where is it where he's got a stream for you? I believe there's an assignment for every one of us, and I believe when we'll, find, we'll discover what that is when we find where we're supposed to be planted, and we're going to be faithful in that plant, and we're going to say, Jesus, I know there's a stream close. I know there's water close. So heat, bring, I don't care. I don't care. Drought, nothing scared. I'm not anxious and I'm not fearful. For I know I'm planted where I need to be. And I think that some of us, I think that's just confusion. We're just not sure. Jesus, I'm just not sure if I'm planted in the right place. I've had some come to me in the last few months or so that they're looking. How many people believe there's a breakthrough coming? <laughs> we need something in America, don't we? Just... There's some wonderful ministries going on, and I know there's ministries all over the world going on. But in our life right now, there just seems to be something that just needs to break through. You get a lot of news over here. You, you, sometimes you're looking at political leaders, and, and their minds aren't it's like, we just, need a, we just need a breakthrough. We need an awakening. We need something. Who's, who's on the same page here? That God, we just, we just, we need. And I think part of this is what? This is a temporary place, isn't it? Have we not been reborn? And in our reborn, in our hearts and our minds, now, Jesus, spiritually we're awakened. 
I wanna, we want to be in heaven. So we want some heaven on earth, don't we? In, in our situations, God, I just need you to show up here. This is, this is confusing. I'm trying to press through. So I know we're all, I, I've heard a lot, in my, even my own life. God, I just want to see a breakthrough right here. Just a breakthrough. Lord spoke to me the other day. And he, he shed some light on it <laughs> for me. It might not be for you, but it is definitely for me. And uh, I realized in my thirst for heaven, my search for peace, for, for I give you peace and not for harm, future and hope. In that search, I find myself missing something. And so my, my thirst for a breakthrough to something, I'm, I'm just, God, I want something to happen right here and now. And I find myself to be a little anxious. Anybody with me? You find yourself trying, oh, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling at peace and all before I know it. I'm going against his word. Has he planted me? Is there a stream of water close to me? Can I, can I pull from that bare fruit? And I find out this. In what you bring, you will find you what you need. I, that may be confusing at first. In what you bring into someone else's life, you will find what you need. So let's think about breakthrough. I will find my breakthrough when I become the breakthrough to someone else. I will become an answer prayer to someone else. So when I think there needs to be a breakthrough, something, God used me to be a breakthrough. Not that I have to see it, for there's a drought and there is heat, but I'm pulling from the water. And all that I need is pull from that water and let me see, Lord, let me be a breakthrough to someone else. And I have to believe this, even for my life, now, I don't know about yours and where you're faced right now. You may be so deep into something, you can't even see that stream. You may, it been, may have been months or years before you pulled that fresh new water up to your roots. But I know right now what Jesus said to me, so, Jim, I have planted you. Do you trust me? I have planted you, and there's a stream of water right there. Everything that you need in your life, you can pull from that stream. You can make an impact. So why don't you become the breakthrough to someone else? Why don't you become an answer prayer to someone else? And as you go, you'll find your need. You'll find your purpose. You think you're in a drought, but all you have to do is be that water to someone else. And all of a sudden, it all started making sense. I'm praying today, and I'm praying for you today. That we do not get distracted. <clears throat> to say that God is distant, we're liars. God said, I'll never leave or forsake you. I have to believe today there is a stream of water. I have to believe today there's a stream of water running right through this church. And if you feel that you're right now in a place of a desert time, you have been drought, there's hot sun, and you're not, you're, you're not even sure you still bear leaves. You're not even sure the fruit that God wants you to bear can be buried. I've got news for you. Today's your day. I have to believe that God has got a plan if you trust him. If you trust him. Blessed are the man who trusts in the Lord. So let's do this today as my wife gets ready to bring some music here. I want, I want some extra time here today. And I believe that Lord, Lord wants to help us through this.
Is there anybody in this place today that says, man, I don't know if I'm planted in the right spot. I'm not sure if I'm in right, maybe, maybe the job, I need a different job. I'm not sure. I, I know one thing. If you have a family, you're, you're planted in the right house. <laughs> okay? You, you can't give up family. That's one thing. Family is the most important thing. That is one mission field you can't leave. That's yours. Now, if there is a job that you find that's a drought, it's a dead spot, and you, God, you, you just, or you're, you can't, ministry, you can't even, you can't minister, you just feel like you're shackled. There might be time, there might be time to leave. But I'm praying for a lot of us that what we've done is we allow distraction, heat of the sun, and drought to get our minds off God's stream. Man, I've got to believe that stream is good. I've got to believe that when we pull that, it says our leaves remain green, healthy and strong. That in that, I'm able to pull from that water and I can bear fruit no matter what I face. Someone needs you today. You're the answer to prayer to somebody. You're the breakthrough for someone else. And I have to believe what God spoke to me in my heart. Jim, you become, when you step out and you become that to someone else, you'll find what you're needed. Your own need is going to be met by you ministering to someone else. Father, I love you. Father, I pray over this group today. I have to believe that Joan, during that struggle in her life, during that drought and that heat, Father, she saw someone else that needed help. She saw a group of people that were, that were segregated and tossed aside. And she decided at that young age of 19 to become the breakthrough for someone else. She found her purpose for the rest of her life to serve and to speak about those moments in time, those 60s that were difficult. Such a time as this, she used her. But I have to believe that's a story for all of us. That right now, even though we may find it be a breakthrough is coming, I'm just looking for that breakthrough. God, I think we need to stop looking for it and become it. Father, that's what you spoke to me. I pray in this place right now, if we trust you, Lord, we trust the way you plant us, God, there's a stream that's close. And Father, I believe it right now. If there's people in this place that need to ch change a job and that is your will, God, that that would happen. That when you open a door, no, no man could shut it. That you would open a door for a new job for somebody right now that needs it. Because your word says, if you work with your hands, you shall eat. So Father, I pray for the best jobs for every person in this place today. But God, I, I'm also speaking to those right now that are frustrated at work, who feel like they're not, they don't have impact, they feel that they can't share in the way they want to. Father, that water, that stream is close. That you have them there to become a witness to you. And Father, there's someone at that job site right now that needs a breakthrough, that needs something, that needs Jesus explained in a very delicate way. So Father, would you send us to those people. And in that sending, God, you will show us that what we've been looking for is found by being the answer to someone else. So, Father, thank you that you're a good God. Thank you that there's a stream of water that's close. Thank you that we can pull from it with health and vitality. Lord, you'll never leave us or forsake us. You are a good God. You love us. In Jesus' name.